0: Welcome to Episode 6 of the RMD Podcast from Reverse Mortgage Daily. I'm Chris Clow, editor of RMD. In our sixth episode, we sat down with Mike Kent, the president of Liberty Home Equity Solutions, to talk about how Mike's experience in the forward space gave way to his current place in reverse what the best part about being in the reverse mortgage industry is, an update on the recent rollout of Liberty's new proprietary product, Equity IQ, and a whole lot more. Hope you enjoy it. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today on the RMD podcast. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Chris. I really appreciate you inviting me. Absolutely! Oh, I couldn't wait to have you on. It's always <laughs> thrilling to get to talk to someone in a position like yours in the industry. But for the few people who may not be familiar with who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself and your current role in the reverse mortgage industry.
1: Okay. Well, I was born and raised in the, in Chicago. I was uh, one of nine children. Wow. One of nine children. Yeah. Yeah. Attended school down uh, college down in uh, Southern Illinois University. Mm-hmm worked in the Chicago area for a little bit in the consumer finance business. And then in 1981, I moved to California. And my first position here when I got to California was I applied for a job at uh, a California savings loan company Mm -hmm. and uh, got a job as an underwriter. Then I remained in the forward lending space from that point on for like the next 29, 30 years. Then the way I got into the reverse space, and actually found my way to Liberty is in 2009, the guy who was my mentor in the mortgage business, a guy by the name of Bob Yeri, he was one of the co-founders of Reverse Mortgage Solutions, RMS. Mm-hmm. He reached out to me and uh, asked me if I'd be interested in coming to work there to run their, the lending side of their business, the production and lending platform. And so why not? <laughs> <laughs> You know, something new, you know, like I said, I'd been in the mortgage business for so long and I I didn't even know what a reverse mortgage was, but glad to go do it. And it was just from there, you know, and I firmly believe that once you get into this space, it's, it's, boy, it's a deep hook. It sinks Mm -hmm. a deep hook, you know, the stories regarding your customers are so compelling and life changing that it's, (laughs) it's very difficult to try to move away from it.
0: Sure, sure. So, is that what you found most compelling? Just the the stories that you would hear from potential and prospective borrowers, and the connections that you can make with them?
1: Yeah, I think that the you know at at Liberty, our tagline is changing lives. And I've never, you know, like I've, I've worked for you know multiple mortgage companies over the years, and have gotten a, an occasional letter here and there from from satisfied customers. But I've never gotten the volume of letters I get here, the letters, mm-hmm. the emails, the phone calls. And I mean, what, what we do, oh my God, what we do is it just, just inc- is incredibly impactful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wish, sometimes I wish we would all just take a, take, a, take a beat and think about what we do. Sure. And think about the life altering results we can deliver to our customers. It's pretty amazing, and I feel I feel pretty humbled to be able to be a part of it.
0: Absolutely. That's, that's terrific. And you also have a role with the National Reverse Mortgage Lenders Association as well, don't you?
1: I do. I do. I do. I'm a member of the Board of Directors, and then I'm also on the Executive Committee. Mm-hmm.
0: Great. Great. So very, very involved in all the goings-on in the reverse mortgage world, I think it's safe to say.
1: Well, you know, getting involved in Normala was you know probably one of the, one of the best things i did is being in the reverse mortgage business um kind of kind of puts you on the front line with mm-hmm. your peers and allows you to you know not only see what you're doing but you also get to you know you get a glimpse in what everyone else is doing and what are kind of the common concerns and what are the things we all you know we're all looking to try to change and improve and it's uh pretty impressive i think normal is a very impressive organization and uh, I think they do I think they do a lot for our industry and I think we're damn lucky to have them. Mm-hmm.
0: Excellent. Well said. Well, you're obviously in a unique position as the head of a major reverse mortgage company and I think that getting a look at what it must be like to be sort of at the forefront of one of those companies would be interesting for people, but what are some problems that you have to yeah. deal with? as the head of a major reverse mortgage company that some people may not expect that you have to deal with? You
1: know, I think for, you know, I I just said earlier that I'm always kind of amazed at the, the amount of letters and emails and calls I get from customers. And that was part of the job I had to get accustomed to having that kind of level of customer interface. It's been a long time since I've been one-on-one with individual customers. It goes all the way back to my loan officer days. So I, you know, I talked to, I talked to quite a few customers and just, you know, they are, some of them are in some pretty tough situations. So I don't know, it's, I'm not quite sure how to explain it. It's, you know, they're already in a tough situation and you're, everybody's working to try to make you know try to provide for a better outcome for them and and i think the part in this business that's a little different than others is and i don't know if it's just me but the amount of pressure i feel to make sure we follow through and get that job done mm-hmm. be- because the results are so life changing for some of these people and i don't want to sound like <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to sound like a martyr or something but that sometimes can be a fairly significant responsibility, you can get pulled into some of these individual circumstances. And, <clears throat> you know, the next thing you know, you, you're virtually living it with the customer. So, I mean, that's tough part of it, but it's also just uh, an incredible rewarding part of it. Sure. I think the other thing that is probably not, not a problem, but I think a little more challenging, and And maybe it's more challenging for especially for people who have been, I think, in the forward space before, our customers tend to need time, right they 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 need a lot of education, they need a lot of information, and then they need some time to sit with that, and they need some time to think it through. and a lot of time they want to a lot of times they want to talk to their children or they want to talk to some friends or neighbors or financial planner or some other trusted advisor, right, that they want to speak with. Mm -hmm. And I think we just got to say, I think one of our challenges is in our push to really provide, you know, just excellent service, you know, an excellent service to us. Part of one of the elements is, you know, kind of getting it in and through the process with the least amount of problems for the borrower to deal with. I think sometimes we got to remember it's not just about speed. Our customers need some time. Maybe some extra time to process what they're doing. We need to make sure we allow them to have that time. That, I think, is one of the challenges, not only from my position, but I think for our whole industry, is we need to give our customers time to sit with what the information and the education we've provided with them. And so they feel absolutely certain this is something that's best for them.
0: Sure. So it sounds to me like uh, the personal situations of, your customers and your borrowers are a big motivator for you. Is that right?
1: Absolutely are. Absolutely. are. I can tell you, I'm like, I'm not, I'm being completely serious. I've, I've read letters that have brought me to tears Mm -hmm. in telling us what the situation was and then how this reverse mortgage was going to, was going to help and, and kind of the life changing results we provided. And, you know, we just don't get that many opportunities in your professional career to have that kind of impact. And I think as a, individual. I know I, I value that greatly. And I think as an industry, we should value it and be extremely humbled by that you know, opportunity to serve these people in that manner.
0: Excellent. Well, as someone who's been on the front lines of the reverse mortgage industry in multiple levels, whether through your position at Liberty or your position with Nirmala, what are some helpful and maybe even not so helpful ways you've seen the industry itself change over the course of your career?
1: Wow. Well, you know, I think (laughs) a lot of times, whenever there's change, I think our initial perception, it tends to be a little towards the negative, right? How this is going to affect our business, meaning, you know, will we do less production and so forth? But then I think when you get the opportunity to kind of utilize a, a, a longer lens to look at it, you realize that maybe what was, you know, considered a challenge- initially was really some needed change to the better. And, and and I look at, you know, I've been, I came to Liberty in 2015 and I just look at the amount of um, changes we've gone through in the program since then. It seems like, you know, every year we were just waiting for what's the next change. And I think this last change we had with the lowering of the the PLFs and the dropping of the interest rate floor I think that was perceived initially as extremely challenging for the industry. And we saw it in the the the, kind of the initial nosedive. And then, you know, I I would say a recovery uh, in volume, but very, very slow, (laughs) very (laughs) slow with a very, very minor upslope, right? (laughs) But if you look back at that through a longer lens and you kind of look at what we've done, you know, we... We made it so that there's an assessment of individual borrowers now that allows us to determine, do they have the ability to do the other things they have to do in order to keep their loan in good standing, pay their Mm -hmm. taxes, pay their insurance, maintain their home. You know, before that change, we didn't do that, and, and, and we ran into a lot of problems, especially for tax and insurance defaults, and we made that change ensure some people... Ended up maybe not getting the program exactly as they wanted it. They may have ended up with a LISA to cover those tax and insurance charges and and costs. But overall, if we look back over time, we'd have to, I think we'd all have to admit it was one of the best things we did for the program, not only for our consumers to make sure they were getting into a loan that they could fulfill the terms of that loan without getting themselves in trouble, but it was also very good for the um, FHA. MMI fund, which is very important if we want to continue to offer this program to help change the lives of seniors. Mm-hmm. The same thing happened with the the institution of the initial funding level, you know, 60% of the principal limit initially. To kind of, so borrowers weren't taking all their cash up front and then running into the problems down, down the road where they no longer had anything to draw against. I think if we look back on that over the longer lens, we find that that was probably a very, very smart thing to do. Changes we've done in non-borrowing smart spouses have been, though some of them were you know, challenging to implement, if we look back at it over a longer lens, they were very, very smart things to do and very beneficial. And and I would even say that this most recent change in the PLF and the lowering of the, the interest rate floor, I think, you know, a couple of years from now, when we look back with that longer lens, we're going to say, you know what? That was really a smart thing they did for the program because. What it did is it kind of opened the door a bit wider for proprietary products to get a better foothold in the marketplace. And and you know, if you want to have innovation in this market, in the reverse mortgage market, you're not going to get it through a government program. You know, you'll more than likely get it through the private sector. And sure. so having the private sector now more fully engaged in this space, recognizing that you know it's a space it's a space worth investing in. I think again, in a couple of years, we'll look back with that longer lens. We'll say, "Wow, right there when they changed those PLS made today possible." Mm-hmm. So, so I'm looking forward to a couple of years from now, Chris.
0: <laughs> sure, <laughs> understandable. Well, it sounds like in general you have a pretty optimistic perspective on at least the reasoning for why the changes were made and some of the effects that they've been having.
1: I do. I do. And, and I have, and I'm, you know, overall quite optimistic about our future too.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and in part because of those changes we made that'll ensure that at least this product offered through FHA will be able to continue on serving, serving seniors.
0: Sure. Absolutely. You mentioned the sort of difference between the public and private sectors, and uh, Liberty just launched its own proprietary reverse mortgage product called Equity IQ. So I wanted to check in with you. Obviously, RMD covered that when you guys announced the launch, but how has the launch of the product gone? And what would you say is its most prominent use by borrowers?
1: Well, it's gone really well. So when we, um, I, like, uh, one of the things I think that has surprised me more than anything else is just the uh, Kind of the rapid pace, the growth of our pipeline. You know, we we launched it, and I think it was late June, was in just five states. Then in September, October, we added an additional five states, mm-hmm. and then before by year end, we'll add another five states. So by year end, we'll have 15 states that the product is being offered in. Yeah, I've just been I've been amazed at how quickly it's garnered the attention of our wholesale customers and, and the amount of additional retail inquiries we're getting on it. I've, I've been very, very, very happy. And, and I think we're really fortunate that it's gone so well and, and I look forward to growing it and maybe probably next year at some point, bringing out some additional innovations on the product.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. Well, we'll, we'll be paying very close attention to when you're ready to talk about those. Those sound pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. And then but from a, from a, from a use perspective, it's, you know, it's primarily borrowers in, you know, with higher property values that are, you know, those, those that exceed the um, FHA MCA limits, we're seeing that used. There's also just the, the underwriting guidelines and in the program itself is a little more user friendly. So we, we get a little pickup there. And then on the purchase side, especially on new builds, since we follow, a far more traditional process for a new built loan, right? So mm-hmm. you know, you originate the loan, process the loan, get it ready to close, and then prior to funding you get the you know the occupancy cert, which is kind of the traditional process. That helps quite a bit too. So it's a very good very good tool for the um for that new build purchase money process. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Well, sticking with the, the subject of proprietary products for, for a little bit here, from your perspective, do you think that the day will come when proprietary products like Equity IQ could potentially eclipse use of the HECM, or do you see the industry winds moving in a different direction?
1: You know, I think there'll always be kind of a place for and a need for an FHA-insured product. But I do think that those non-agency loans, the proprietary loans, will will grow. Mm -hmm. And I think that as greater innovation takes hold, I think it's very possible that proprietary loans could garner maybe the lion's share of the marketplace. But it wouldn't be because it's taking away from the FHA program. I think it would Mm -hmm. be more because it's growing a new market, catering to slightly different Borrowers with slightly different needs that would be more interested in the proprietary products. So I think it'd be extremely healthy, and I think it's very important that both exist. I mean, I could see a point where proprietary products have kind of the lion's share of the market only because more and more and more innovation comes out, and more different and different ways to access equity in your home become you know kind of popular and brought forward. So I, I I do I see I see and and as we continue to be challenged in the area of the amount of savings that uh, people have when they when they head into their retirement years mm-hmm. as that becomes it continues to be challenging and their and their largest form of kind of you know wealth is embedded in their home and we want to find more innovative ways to tap that then I think those those non non-agency products will become more and more popular.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Well, moving over to sort of a perennial issue in the reverse mortgage industry, uh, education. How far do you think the industry has come in terms of educating people about the potential for reverse mortgage products? And by that same token, how far do you think it still has to go?
1: Look, I think we do. I think there's some real standouts when it comes to educating consumers, I, th- I think my company, for one, Liberty. I think I think we do an exceptional job at educating consumers, and I think others do also. The challenge, though, Chris, is that we're we're fairly we're a small industry. We have capital being invested in our industry that's fairly proportional to the size of our industry, so our reach isn't as great as. It may be in, in, in other industries, whether it be forward lending or just other industries where there's significantly more capital. So I think that's a challenge for us. We don't really have a national presence where we can promote our industry and promote the use of these you know, of reverse mortgages and other tools for accessing equity. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to find a way to solve for that there's been some attempts in the past, but I think collectively we have to get together and try to look at that again, see if there's there's another way to do it. You know, we've always kind of suffered from a fairly insignificant penetration rate into the available pool of borrowers. A big portion of that is, the big reason for that is it's a fairly complex product. I mean, if you really sit down and if you went, you know, kind of like, through the checklist, item for item for item for item for item, everything about a reverse mortgage, it can become a bit mind boggling, <laughs> you know, towards the end there. You know, you, you talk about the effective rate, you talk about the interest rate floor, you talk about the growth rate on the line, you talk about principal limit, you talk about, you know, MCA. Just defining the terms is, is enough to probably, uh, you know, is enough for a fairly significant one-on-one from an educational standpoint. So there's there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to understand. And then, you know, put it in the context of, you know, when you went out and bought your first home, you know, that was like one of the biggest investments you ever made in your life. Now think about owning that home for 30 or 40 years. And now it was the biggest investment you made in your life. It paid off. You still own it. And now you have, you know, Five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars of equity in there, which now represents not only was a big investment, but now represents a significant amount of your worth, mm-hmm. worth that you need, that you you want to be able to tap into. But you're still going to be cautious, right? Because this is something you built up over thirty or forty years. You know, you just don't want to go out there and you know do something that may impact that in a negative way. So it's still, it's it's a huge transaction for somebody to get into. I think that uh, look for me, I guess the long and short of it is if we provide borrowers with very good education so they can make good decisions, then we'll grow the business as the business grows. If we think it's necessary to get it bigger, you know, I would love to see, you know, like uh, one of the big banks get back into the space because they bring a lot of capital, you know, sure. the ability for uh, for a lot of, for significant kind of national campaigns. But, you know, I think we make do with what we have. I don't think our number one goal should be, you know, just growth. I think, you know, it's the quality of the work we do that has to be just as important. And I think we do a good job overall mm-hmm. as an industry. And, you know, but I do hope we will work together. Uh, as an industry, and I would think primarily through Normala to um, see if there's a way to better promote the product for the benefit of of seniors in this country that can certainly use some way to to tap that home equity worth they have so they can help uh, subsidize their retirement.
0: Mm -hmm. Great. That's a very robust perspective. Thank you. Well, something that's a little bit more fun for you What is the best part about being in the reverse mortgage industry?
1: So two things, two things. First and foremost, hands down, no doubt, serving our customers Mm -hmm. and getting to hear their stories and changing lives, providing (sighs) better outcomes. It's a reward that few people ever get to realize in their day-to-day work life. And I get to experience it every single day. Mm-hmm. Number one, hands down, that is the best part of being in this business. The other part that is really rewarding is getting to know the people who also work in this business. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. one of the nice things is that we are a small industry, and you know, you go to a you go to a conference, right, an Armala conference, and you know, you know most of the people there, and you know most of them by name. That's great, I've formed a lot of friendships, made a lot of new friends through this industry been I've met some met some just incredible people, incredible people who are so committed to this space and um uh, yeah that's great that's been great
0: yeah absolutely oh that's that is nice to hear you know you always uh like to hear that someone enjoys their work and uh it sounds like it. they're yeah sounds like there's plenty to enjoy from your perspective. There is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, uh, do me a favor and complete the sentence for me. If I were to say the biggest opportunity for the reverse mortgage industry right now is, what would your <laughs> response be?
1: Uh, proprietary products mm. and, the, and the opportunity to innovate by through those proprietary products. And then two, from a kind of a distribution, kind of the expansion of the distribution of the, of the product is partnering up with our peers in the forward lending space and introducing the reverse mortgage as a product that they too can offer their customers. Mm-hmm. I think those are the two, two huge opportunities in front of us today.
0: Great. Excellent. Very well said. Well, uh, last thing, and it might be the the toughest question, I'm not sure, because it's going to ask you to look into the crystal ball, so to speak. Yeah. Do you have a perspective on what you see the industry looking like five years down the line?
1: I think we'll see. I think with the heckam product itself, right, the FHA-insured product, I think we'll see you know, steady growth over the next mm-hmm. five years. I don't think it's going to be... Um, I, nobody's going to accuse it of being rapid over five years, mm-hmm. but I think it'll be steady. I think it'll be steady. And then I think there'll be probably where we'll see the most significant growth of where it is today over the next five years is probably in proprietary products and maybe other equity release products, right? Right now we talk about a loan of some type, right? A reverse mortgage, but maybe mm-hmm. there's other equity release products that may be able to fills some needs also. So I see that. I see that. And then I think that reverse mortgages in general over the next five years, I think they'll start finding places on the product menus of non-reverse mortgage lenders, forward Mm. lenders. I think some banks will probably get back into into the uh, industry. And I think we'll start seeing it show up as uh, a product in some other
0: spaces. Mm-hmm. wow well that's fascinating we'll uh we'll certainly have to uh maybe we'll have to reconvene in five years and see how much of that oh takes place
1: <laughs> my gosh i didn't know you're hold- gonna hold me to it come on <laughs>
0: <laughs> well mike i can't thank you enough for for being a part of this uh edition of the rmd podcast thank you so much for being so generous with your time
1: yeah chris thank you And again i really appreciate you asking me i was uh I was quite humbled by the whole experience. And I thought, wow, get to talk to Chris for a while. Okay,
0: great. <laughs> well, it was our pleasure, sir. Thank you very much. All right, thanks, Chris. Thanks for listening to Episode 6 of the RMD Podcast. Again, a very special thanks to Mike Kent at Liberty for being so generous with his time and talking reverse mortgages with us. For more news and insights on the reverse mortgage industry, be sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at ReverseMortgageDaily.com. If you haven't already, subscribe to the RMD Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast content. I'm Chris Clough, and this has been a production of Aging Media Network in Chicago, Illinois. See you next time.